Why don't we give God praise in his house? Why don't we just bless his holy name? We thank God this is a day that the Lord has made. And we ought to be rejoicing. And we are glad in it. Anybody else glad to be in here today? Anybody just glad to be in the house of God once again? I, I, I don't know. I, I don't ever announce when I'm not going to be around. I just sort of do what I have to do to get some rest. I was scheduled to be away today. And uh, I ended up having to come back on yesterday to do a funeral. And uh, that, that was all right. That's part of what I do. Uh, but I have come to realize that uh, you last a lot longer if you let folk help you. <laughs> I, I figured that out. I don't know how I had to get 71 years old before I figured it out. <laughs> but I figured it out that uh, if you let folk help, you can last longer. Now, that, that was a time that I would have come back up in here and I'd have been in here preaching my heart out this morning. <laughs> But uh, Reverend Easton, I don't feel like that no more. <laughs> uh, and I had already made arrangements for this time to be covered, and I thank God that I did. Uh, this time, this morning, is going to be covered by Reverend Rochelle Samuels. Uh, Reverend Rochelle Samuels has been around here now four or five years, very, very quiet, like a church mouse. <laughs> Rarely see her, but she has prepared herself for this moment. It's been about two years ago, right before the pandemic, she came and she shared with me that she was finishing up her work at uh, McAfee School of Theology at uh, Mercer. She was finishing her work and one part of her project was to do a sermon. And she came and we sat down, we went over all of that and shared with all of that. And I said, you know, they've got you doing this work. We need to hear this sermon. That was right for a pandemic. Pandemic set in, and all of that sort of got put on hold. And I know she thought I forgot about it, uh, but I did not forget about it. I'm going to, I have asked her to come this morning and share with her, and let us see what preparation we'll do. Now, please know, this is the first time up here. This is the first time up here in this preaching capacity. Uh, and uh, if you want to, you, you don't know what it feels like to you up here. Uh, we're going to pray with her. We're going to pray for her. We're going to push her because I know what she got. She sent me the whole, the whole, what it, what it the book. She sent me the whole thing. I know what she got. So I want us to pray with her, pray for her as she comes to us with what thus said the Lord. Lord, I want to live for thee every day and every hour. Let your spirit be with us now in its saving power. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lift your voices with me. Lord, I want to live for thee. Come now.
first and foremost, I give all glory and honor to God in the name of Jesus the Christ. For this day is the Lord that, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let us lift up uh, this under shepherd, the shepherd of this house. Thank you, Pastor Haynes, for sharing this sacred space with me. To the deacons and leaders and teachers of Salem, to my mentors and co-laborers in God's kingdom, my family, friends, I greet you in the name of Jesus. Good morning, one and all. It is an honor and a privilege to be here and bring forth a word from on high. So let us go to the word of God. We'll be coming from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 5. Mark, chapter 5, beginning at verse 25. Mark 5, beginning at verse 25. And it reads, I'll be reading from the New Revised Standard Version. Now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years. She had endured much under many physicians and had spent all that she had, and she was no better, but rather grew worse she had heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. For she said, if I but touch his clothes, I will be made well. Immediately her hemorrhage stopped and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And immediately Aware that power had gone forth from him, Jesus turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing in on me? How can you say who touched me? He looked all around to see who had done it, but the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling, fell down before him, and hold him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Amen. Let us pray. Most high, most eternal God, we thank you, Lord, for another opportunity to spend some time in your word, Father God. We thank you, Lord, for the anointing that already covers this sanctuary, Father God, that covers this house of God, Lord. We lift up these words on these pages to you right now as you send them down back to heaven, Father God, uh, from heaven, uh, uh, raining upon our hearts. Lord God, let your spirit just sit within us, Lord God. Lord, remove me right now, God, and use me for the up lifting of your kingdom let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight my lord my redeemer it's in jesus name that i pray and i say amen if you bear with me for a little while i want to speak from this very familiar passage um, with the title of what do you do when you're called out what do you do when you're called out. 
Many of us has heard one version or another of this passage centered around a message of faith. And we all need to hold on to that. I believe that holding on to faith is so important in our growth and in our development as we continue pursuing God. I also believe that the faith of the woman in this text should have an even stronger impact on our Christian journey. We have far too long oversimplified her part in this Christian faith journey, never delving into her story. But if we pull back a few layers in this text, we can get to know her a little better. All we know of her is in these 10 verses of scripture in Mark. And if you look at the other synoptics, you will find her in just three verses in Matthew 9, 20 to 22, and five verses in Luke 8, 43 to 48. In each of these, her story is sandwiched between the beginning and end of the reviving of Jairus' daughter. But the Mark text gives us more context to her situation. She is portrayed as an interruption in the healing of Jairus' daughter who was dying. But to Jesus in his words and in his actions, her presence was significant enough for this teachable moment. One could easily skip over these 10 verses and continue on to Jairus' house, but there is a purpose in this interruption. So let's sit in this interruption just a little while and review this message through the lens of this woman. To everyone else, she was just a hindrance. But to Jesus, she was one who needed to be called out in the presence of her enemies. I mean, the community. What do you do when you're called out? As we look at the beginning of a story, we find out that she had been bleeding for 12 long years. That is how the woman is introduced to us, simply defined by a condition. No name, no family, no friends, no title, just a history of being unclean according to Jewish law. Her position was the exact opposite of Jairus. And what the writers are portraying here is a woman that is of no use to society. She was no longer a person worth knowing. She was literally someone being stepped on and stepped over in the streets of Capernaum. And here we are today, over 2,000 years later, and we don't even know her name. Even as the gospel writers and scribes felt compelled enough to, to, to document this experience, this powerful message of faith, none of them associated her as a person of significance, but rather as a symbol or object of faith. Her presentation is lacking the depth of her character. For 12 years, she suffered alone. Her condition would have placed her in isolation from everyone, including family and friends. But who was her family? Where did she come from? Does it matter? To Jesus, 
Not really. But for the gospel writers, it stands to, to question why not one of them connects her, her genealogy, or her place of origin or birth. Those were important facts that were never revealed to us, and those missing links were rarely ever questioned. The problem I have here is due to the fact that her family connection is never revealed, we always refer to her based on the condition she once had. When we speak to, of her biblically, she is known as the woman with the issue of blood or the hemorrhaging woman. Who wants to be remembered for who they once were? Let me rephrase that a little differently. Who wants to be remembered for the people we used to be before we met Jesus? What do you do when you are called out? For 12 long years, she had been going from doctor to doctor seeking a cure for her condition. She was actively participating in this process. Some of us would have given up years ago and just sat down in our circumstances, sitting in self-pity and misery, crying, woe is me, waiting for a handout or calling on the Lord to take us out of our misery. That was not part of this woman's character. Her body was deteriorating. But even in her weakened state, the woman continued to push forward, not for the sake of anybody else, but just for the sake of living. She had opportunities to give up. Her resources were depleted. She was expelled from society. She had nothing left. So why would God, out of all the characters in the Bible, choose this woman to represent faith? What do you do when you're called out? She had nothing. She had nothing. She was a nobody. She was a nobody. Those are the words she should have been, she could have been meditating on all these years. These are the words she could have flooded her spirit with. These are the words that society could have imprinted on her, but that is not her story. It seems like she had nothing, but what she had was enough faith to get Jesus' attention. You see, faith is a concept that some find difficult to understand. It's somewhat dis a, an abstract concept to anyone who has not personally experienced the works of Jesus Christ. As Christians, we boldly proclaim belief of an unseen, omnipotent God. So oftentimes when we are speaking about our religious conviction, we encourage the unbeliever to have faith. The faith is having the confidence in knowing that the one and only true God, the one you cannot see with your physical eye, knowing that he will deliver from you from whatever situation that you or any other man, woman, boy, or girl can help you out of. Faith is not superficial. Faith is supernatural. And we can clearly see that this woman's situation was not superficial. This woman's situation was in a downward spiral. 
you can, you can say that she was walking in the valley of the shadow of death, but she feared not. She tried the physical remedies prescribed by the many doctors over the years. They had no problem taking her money with no clue as to how to cure her illness. But when her money ran out and she had nothing left, she knew the only, the only thing that could help her was something that was supernatural. There was nothing superficial about her. There was nothing normal about her. Normal for her would have been married with children, representing the family with honor. But having had this bleeding for 12 years and not able to have children, she would, had only, she would have only brought shame to her family. I don't know for sure because I wasn't there, but in my sanctified imagination, I can see someone paying her off just to keep her unclean self away from me and everybody else, isolated and alone. How else would she have been able to pay for doctors for 12 years? We know they weren't, they weren't treating her for free. We can see in the text that she had spent all that she had. Let me ask you this. If you showed up year after year at Northside, but in the midst of your treatment, you lost your job along with that insurance, do you think they will continue running those expensive tests trying to find a cure for you. So she is left here at this moment, is isolated and alone. But was she truly alone? What do you do when you're called out? There's a phrase used sometimes when we hit a brick wall. When we experience what makes us feel like all hope is lost. It says that we, in desperate times, we calls for desperate measures. Verses 27 to 28 reads, She had heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak, for she said, If I touched his clothes, I will be made well. Reading these verses superficially, you could interpret this as a touch of desperation. If you learn anything new about faith today, Please understand that there is nothing desperate about faith. Being desperate implies hopelessness. Being desperate implies distress, discouragement, and despair, the absence of hope. That is not this woman's character. If it were, she would have given up years ago. Hope is what she held on to. Her hope propelled her through that thronging crowd to touch the hem of Jesus' garment. There's no desperation in faith because faith takes deliberate action. Her action was intentional, it was calculated. She willfully, wantonly, and purposely connected her unclean body to the only source she knew in her heart could save her. And immediately, 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 she felt the healing in her body. She felt the power of Jesus heal her body. And immediately, 
Jesus felt the power leave his body. And what does Jesus do? He called her out. So what do you do when you're called out? What do you do when Jesus calls you out? In verse 30, Jesus asked the question, who touched my clothes? It was a direct question. Which one of the disciples attempt, which one of the disciples attempted to answer with another question? Their response was a deflection and came from the position of privilege. The question was not directed towards the disciples. The text says Jesus turned towards the crowd and asked the question. He was not expecting the disciples to know the answer because they were never intended to be part of that conversation. Perhaps, perhaps the disciples were not used to Jesus relying on the crowd for answers, but they should have known by now that Jesus was here to do something new. They were, they were Jesus' hand-picked inner circle. They were always at his side, but suddenly there was a shift in the atmosphere. The woman, knowing what she had done in her heart, that she knew that Jesus was speaking to her. Jesus was calling her out. What do you do when you're called out? Jesus was calling her out of that cloak of darkness and inviting her to a position of privilege to speak to him commanding her to speak to him in public, something that no woman had ever done until that moment. What do you do when you're called out? What would you do? The woman could have easily slipped away in the crowd and no one would have known, no one but Jesus, that is. You see, I believe that this woman was uniquely set up for such a time as this. This was not an interruption of the Jairus' daughter's healing story. Her story could have easily been left out of the Bible altogether. And Jesus could have gone straight to Jairus' house, but God had another plan. Although society had cast her out, Jesus put a pen in her story that magnifies, the, that magnifies what faith truly is. Faith is a catalyst to all things new. Faith is not superficial. Faith is not a superficial, desperate attempt to bring you to normalcy. Faith interrupts normal and introduces possibilities. Normal would be putting God in a box and saying this is the only way God works, that this is the only way God speaks and who God speaks to, and this is the only one God uses. Faith is supernatural. Faith takes deliberate action and faith brings about change. Faith is a catalyst to deliverance into all things new. And faith is your path to the impossible, but only if you are connected to the right source. What do you do when you're called out?
Who touched my garments? That's the question posed by Jesus, and it required an answer. It de he demanded an answer. The question brought to the woman a sense of fear and trembling. You have to ask yourself, or at least I ask myself, why? I believe that the woman clearly recognized Jesus as Lord, even before his death and resurrection. She wantonly and purposefully uh, went against the laws and standards of ancient Palestine. She was in a public space in an unacceptable, unclean condition, effectively making anything and anyone she came in contact unclean. She was speaking to a man in public, but she also knew that when she confessed with her mouth and believed in her heart, that when it came time to stand before the throne, that Jesus would be her advocate. She could have remained silent. Her confession was a public testimony. What do you do when you're called out? When you are on trial, you can speak freely when your advocate asks you a question. Because within this relationship between you and your attorney, there is this thing called privilege. Everything you say directly and in secret with your advocate is privilege. It will, not be, it will not be and cannot be shared with anybody. This conversation you have with your advocate will train and prepare you for such a time as this, a time when it becomes necessary to speak. If you follow the instructions of your attorney, your advocate, when it comes time to speak, you will speak with authority and with privilege. You will speak without hesitation because you have confidence in knowing that your advocate will never leave you nor forsake you. But keep in mind that there is a delicate balance between speaking and not speaking. It requires a period of listening so that when you are called out, you know how to answer. In order for someone to advocate on your behalf, they need to know you. This is not an overnight relationship. For 12 years, she was isolated and alone, discarded, unwanted, but God had another plan. Her entire adult life was an interruption. You see, the flow of a woman's blood is a cleansing process. Her hemorrhaging was an interruption in the flow of old blood. A flow of old blood. The old blood that was not mentioned in the story, the old blood that wanted no connection to the old uh, interruption of the old blood. That was God's plan, a plan to make crooked, crooked paths straight, a plan to make old things new. For 12 long years, there was a relationship building between the woman and her advocate. For 12 long years, she was being prepared 
for this, op this time, this opportunity. I believe that for those 12 long years, she endured the pain and suffering of her bleeding body and felt alone, that she was not alone. Are we ever truly alone? It may seem like you've been abandoned and left alone, but in order to reach that mountaintop, to see and feel the glory of the Lord, there is some refinement that must take place. At that moment, when the woman reached out and touched Jesus' garment, I believe that was a perfect exchange. I believe the power that came out from Jesus was a glimpse of the pain and suffering he endured for us on that Friday night. And when he hung on that old rugged cross, I believe she had a glimpse of him dying in her place, in my place, in yours. I believe she felt the resurrecting power flow through her body, redeeming her of her afflictions, our death and our sins. Why is it that after all these years, we still refer to her based on her old condition. I propose to you that we all agree to stop calling her out of her name and address her by her new title. Because when she confessed with her mouth and believed with her heart that Jesus saved her, she received a new title. No longer is she unattached and unclaimed. Now she is called daughter. Daughter of the king and not just any king. She is the daughter of the king of kings. She is the daughter of the Lord of lords. She is the daughter of the comforter. She is the daughter of that wonderful counselor. She is the daughter of the Prince of Peace. So why do we insist on continually placing her under a cloak of darkness? This is not the woman with an issue of blood. She is not the hemorrhaging woman. This is the woman of faith. This is Jesus's daughter and she deserves to be addressed as nothing less. She was called out in front of this thronging crowd and because she confessed to the whole truth, Jesus says, daughter, your faith has made you whole. What do you do when you're called out? What do you do when Jesus calls you out of that situation that you've been sitting in all these years? He doesn't want you sitting there. He wants you up with him. He wants you in the cloud of glory. He wants to bless you. He wants to anoint you. He wants to bring you closer to God. He wants to lift you up. He wants to bring you through and he will do it, but you must be connected to the source and the source of all things new is nobody but Jesus the Christ.
We don't know her name. But I guarantee you one thing, her name is written in the book. Is yours. Is your name written in the book? Have you opened your mouth and confessed to the Lord that he is Lord of all, Lord? He is your Savior, that he is the one that will deliver you from all things. Have you opened your mouth and spoken the word? Have you praised the Lord today? Let's lift him up. Let's lift him up. Let's lift him up because he deserves our glory. He deserves our honor. He deserves our praise. He deserves your love. He gives you everything you need. He'll bring you through every situation. He'll cover the ground with glory and glory. When you're called out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Will you answer when Jesus calls you to that higher place? I beseech you right now in the name of Jesus. There's someone right here today. He hears, you hear his voice. He knows your heart. He knows all that you've gone through. You're not there alone. He will never leave you alone. If you want deliverance today, we offer Christ to you. Now is the time to open your mouth and confess to the Lord that he is the Lord over your life. Today, no other, not tomorrow. We're not promised tomorrow. The doors of the church are open. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Even if you're at home listening in, on your, in, your, in your, your car, on your iPad, your TV, your smart TV, the one that's listening to, to God's voice right now. Are you gonna be as smart as that smart TV and come forward today? Are you gonna call using all the technology that we have? There are so many churches out there. If Salem is not the one for you, there's another church that Jesus is calling you to. You know how to use the internet. You know how to say, find the closest church near me. And Google will get you there. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's bless God today. Let's give God some praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In my soul, oh, for I have touched the 
Somebody's heart has been pricked. I know that. I'm not guessing. I know that. Whether it's here in this house or whether it's at home, in your bedroom, in your living room, in your dining room, somebody has been touched by this word. She's already extended an invitation, but I can't let it go like that. I, I want you to know that this thing is serious. This thing is serious. And you wallow too long in your present condition. Let me say it again. I say you have wallowed too long in your present condition. But the good news today is that this same Jesus, this same Jesus is passing by. And right now you have an opportunity to turn your life around. Right now. If you're in this building, You've already made up your choice. That's why you showed up. You're already, you're already being drawn. But if you're in this building, you desire to have Jesus in your life. You desire to turn it over to him. You made a mess out of it. You're tired of being known by what you used to be. If you're in this building, if you're here, wherever you are, you, you need to pick up the phone and call here. You need to get in touch with us right now. If you're here, I want to invite you just to come forward. If you're in the building, want to be a part of the family of God, I want to invite you to move now. Come now. Come, come, come now. Right now is your chance. Don't miss your opportunity. And this blood has made me whole. Oh, 
is Jesus. Oh, it is Jesus. It's Jesus in my soul. Oh, I am touched the hymn of his the Lord in here. Why don't we just bless the Lord in this house? You, you don't ever know. You don't ever who, know who's sitting in your midst. You, you don't ever know how God uses and who God uses. And we bless the Lord today for Sister Rochelle. We, we just bless the Lord for how he has used her this day. And I don't have to ask. We've all been blessed. We've all been helped by such a powerful, powerful message. What do you do when he calls you out? Thank God for you. Thank God for the message. Thank God for the reminder. I, we have a candidate for baptism today and I, I think we are we are we are that are we in place or is that going to happen it's not okay all right all right we, we had a candidate we wanted to make sure we had everything ready we want to make sure we get that opportunity thank God for this word uh, this is actually the word of God that has been on my spirit and in my heart concerning our reopening and how we reopen. You'd be surprised at how the word of God controls all of that. And uh, I've had several pastor friends and everybody has to deal with it the way they want to, but I can never get over the fact that the woman who was blessed, this woman who was blessed, who received the blessing from God that she needed, was not supposed to be there. Y'all missed it. The woman who got what she needed. The law says she shouldn't even be there. CDC, CDC says she couldn't be there. But she got, she showed up anyway and got what, so I have to wrestle with that. Those are the kinds of things that I have to wrestle with. Thank you for the word. Thank you so much for how God. Anybody, y'all see that, 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 that lady walking around here? She, you, you, you would never know all of that was in her. <laughs> but we thank God for what he has done. God bless you. 
God keep you is our prayer. We do have, uh, we do have uh, on uh, Tuesday, Tuesday at 11 o'clock, funeral services for Sister Christine Jordan. Sister Christine Jordan went home to be with the Lord, and I want us to avail ourselves to do what we can do. This has been a strange time when we really can't come and support like we want to support. But let's just do what we can do. Let's be all that we can be to families as they go through. Uh, so please just get phone numbers. Let's just make contact. Let's be all that we can be, that we are allowed to be during this time. But her service will be uh, here at 11 o'clock on Tuesday. It will be live streamed so those so we can actually be be with them uh be please, please pray for me on uh as on tuesday i've been asked to do a lecture in our state convention uh, on tuesday so i just need you need to know that y'all praying you know y'all y'all are praying for me god bless you and god keep you is our every prayer when we leave, we'll leave as we always do. We all leave out of this door so that we can just keep each other safe. We will fellowship outside. Amen? Amen. You all get a chance to get a glimpse of what God is doing. You see what good stewardship would do. By the time we all come back together, we're going to see that God has done great and wondrous things. Although we have not been able to be together, uh, he's doing great and marvelous things to prepare this place for us when we do, when we do return. God bless you. God keep you as our prayer. God be with you. Thank everybody. Thank all y'all for making this possible. God be with you till we meet again. There are several ways to submit your tithe and offering. 
online at www.thechurchwithzeal.org slash give on Cash App at dollar sign the church with zeal via the Givelify app by mail to Salem Missionary Baptist Church P.O. Box 817 Lilburn, Georgia 30048 or in person at the church office on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. It's not necessary to wait until Sunday to give. Online, Givelify, Cash App, or mail-in contributions may be submitted on any day of the week. Thank you for your continued support of the ministry at Salem Missionary Baptist Church.